Ah, let's play a game. Again, and welcome to yet another edition of. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just keep that. Hey, guys, welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? Um, if you haven't listened to the show before, we typically we take a, a game down from the shelf, we play it, we tell you not whether or not we think it's worth it from a collector's standpoint. A lot of times these games are rare and valuable, sometimes they're not. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and with me today, as always, co host James Milholland. Hello, everyone. And what we decided on this one, James and I got together and we were like, let's talk about something that's, that's easy to do, something that's not going to be as involving as some of the RPGs we've done recently, but is just amazing, something both of us uh, share a love for, and that would be the Castlevania series, specifically the ones for the original Nintendo and some of the 16-bit games as well. Now, when I say for the original Nintendo, we are kind of going to, we'll get to it, but we're kind of going to glaze over um, the uh, the second iteration, uh, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest, because it's it's a little bit more involving than we would have liked for this particular episode. And in retrospect, we probably should have done this as our Halloween episode, but you know, well, we you know, I, I, I was thinking that too. But you know what? Uh, the one we chose, Parasite Eve, that that's that pretty that, that pretty good too. Yeah, had zombies and everything else. Unfortunately, we did have some sound issues on that one. Um, you know, these things don't ever come out perfect. Uh, sometimes we have a dog barking in the background, children screaming, and whatever else. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're not professionals. Here, guys so you're gonna get that from time to time unfortunately and I, I apologize for that um the first game in the series uh was just called castlevania this came out in 1986 here in the states and it's a action platforming game right if you're if you're not familiar with castlevania it's i mean i'm sorry i don't know why you're listening to this but uh you play the role of simon belmont and he's like a vampire hunter now what i like about this particular game james is unlike a lot of horror themed games uh they took horror tropes from old movies in fact when you open up the title screen on this game it's made to look like a, a film reel like an old film reel you even see mm-hmm. the black dots and everything and it scrolls across really cool the bosses that you fight in this movie are all the versions that you would get from like the old black and white era of horror films like dracula himself looks like the bella lugosi dracula the frankenstein's monster looks like the old uh who was it lon chaney i I don't remember that played uh the frankenstein's monster the big you know pale green skin flat topped you know kind of like on the monsters or whatever whereas you know if you've read the book mary shelley's book frankenstein just looks like a guy that's all beat to shit you know because that's what he would look like uh but, but anyway, um, you've got the mummy, you've got a giant vampire bat, uh, death, death is prevalent in all the Castlevania games. And really that's what you're playing this platformer for is you're going through to get to the boss, to see these cool bosses, to fight them and to move on, ultimately trying to kill Dracula. Now, the way this plays, you have a few moves to, um, to Simon in this first game. They're kind of limited though. You can jump, but it's not a jump like say Mario, where you can control the jump in midair. Like you, you can kind of make autocorrects or whatever, move back a little bit, move forward a little bit, whatever you need and when you make that jump that is the length that you're going is set right and you have a whip that that is a basic attack where you can uh whip forward and you can duck and whip but you cannot in this first iteration whip up or diagonally or down or any other direction it's just forward you can jump and whip as well but again you're just going to be getting that same animation of simon whipping forward now you can level up the whip uh two times use by finding uh, like a morning star i think it's supposed to be and this will make your whip a little longer and a little stronger you can do that twice right james yeah, uh, you can do it twice. It starts out as, I guess, a leather whip, and then you can evolve, you can evolve it to a short chain whip and then a, a long chain whip. Mm-hmm. I always thought this was kind of weird because it seems like they, they give you these upgrades, like, all the time. So yeah. they, always, they want you to be at that, like, longest whip. Um, I thought it was just weird, but they didn't just start you out with the regular whip. With the whip, longest but, whip, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it does give some... 
like uh, gravitas or whatever to not having it like if you die at a boss and you start or yeah and you start back like at a checkpoint there is checkpoints in this first one I believe right am I am I just imagining that <laughs> uh, yeah no I think you are because I think each yeah. stage comes with like oh god now see now I'm getting them all like mixed into my head. I know we've been playing all of them so it's um, like, I, I think there are checkpoints but it, yeah. it adds the gravitas of like if you die at a boss and then you start right before it again if you you know there may only be like one upgrade before you get to it so now you have this short whip or whatever and, mm-hmm. and the leather whip is almost just complete trash you know um luckily simon has another subset of weapons that he can use um he can only have one at a time unfortunately and they use up hearts unlike most other games castlevania for whatever reason uh hearts are, aren't used for a health meter you do have a health meter but it's depicted in like a life bar um but you have uh hearts that you can expend to be able to cast these sub weapons um why don't you tell us a little bit about the different sub weapons they have in this first game well you know the only one i ever really wanted to use was the knife it only took one heart and really? it just fired right across the screen it was perfect uh the other one i used uh periodically was the the axe and the axe would take i don't remember two or three hearts and it would have it would, it would fire upwards though right. like you said earlier um you can't whip up so this this kind of helped you out with any uh, enemies that would come down on you mm-hmm. um the holy water i know is a really good one you throw it on the ground it kind of stays there for a moment and any uh enemies that walk into it will immediately get damaged uh there's the the clock which freezes time for oh gosh i don't know three or four seconds i believe it's um, five is it five seconds yeah. oh wow okay quick five seconds but yeah it's a, it's that's a that's a very useful one uh when those gd medusa heads mm-hmm. are like flinging your way because those things, they got to have a pattern to them, but I swear it, oh, they, it changes or something. They must because I was watching some speed runs of this and those guys just plow forward and duck and stuff just like right when uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know. And the last one I can think of on top of my head is the cross, mm-hmm. which is like a boomerang. Just shoots out and comes right back to you. Right. Uh, after, uh, you know, and it goes about halfway across the screen or so. Um, is there any other ones I'm forgetting? I, I don't think, know. I think you covered all the ones in the original game. Um, most people, uh, myself included, uh, think of the cross as being by far the best weapon um, because it can hit multiple times this a single enemy. It's especially useful uh, against several of the bosses throughout pretty much the entirety of the Castlevania series, um, mm-hmm. especially when you get additional power-ups in this game. Um, I believe this one, 3 and 4, I can't remember if Bloodlines has it or not, also have these little blocks that you can find periodically that will enable you, instead of being able to fire off uh, one of these weapons on screen at any given time, you can fire two and then three um, of the same weapon on screen at any given time. And being able to fire off three boomerangs in succession uh, can... Very deadly. Very, very deadly. Especially when the enemy in question uh, is firing other things itself because it will cause, you know, Nintendo, the original Nintendo could only handle so much stuff on screen at any given time. Mm -hmm. And it would cause slowdown and when these you got three boomerangs on screen and it's shooting stuff at you too um it, it gets too many sprites on screen it starts to slow down and it actually starts taking more hits from the crosses as they're going through it because it'll stay in its uh, hitbox longer which is yeah. really nifty so it's a way to kind of cheese your way through some of the bosses um another thing that i noticed on this first game james that isn't really prevalent on the later uh you know subsequent titles um th- this one is like a port of a arcade game right so it still has yeah. that mentality of points matter which somewhere around the 90s mid 90s we kind of realized on home consoles that no one gave a shit about points and uh, yes this one it, it it doesn't have that it's very much all about like points and it, there's all kinds of hidden stuff throughout the game uh including the very first area that you get to where you know there are no enemies and you're just like whipping some candles and then you enter the castle if you jump past the door and then walk back you'll hear like a little boop 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 and like this crown or something appears from the ground and you grab it thinking oh this is going to be something great and it says 10,000 points and those are everywhere there are places where you can crouch or like you'll whip out a section of wall and walk into it or or just wait in a certain space for 10 seconds sometimes it feels like and you'll get these things that appear out of nowhere and all they do is give you points now I do believe you can gain extra lives um, through the use of points but you know I don't know I mean like who, who gives a damn you know it's like mm-hmm. so it, it does have kind of that arcade feel to it in that sense um 
the the control on this i did mention earlier like your jumps are are set and stuff and and it does have the very famous castlevania trope of when you get hit you get knocked back and you know it does this and uh like, i was waiting for you to bring that up yeah. that is the most annoying thing ever it, it does that in like ninja gaiden as well um it does add a level of complexity to the game that you really you almost don't want between it and the medusa heads they're the most infuriating things in the game but it really doesn't you know it doesn't feel like it was the controls that are causing you to do this like these are all things that if you're doing if you're playing the game perfectly i mean watch any speed run of this game you this is a game that you can perfect you can play this game perfectly it's not like a cheat them in two or something where the controls will beat you more often than not like you just can't become good at it you know mm-hmm. um it's all about luck this game really is a skill-based game and it feels like a skill-based game it's frustrating at times it's hard as balls at times but it really is a good action platformer now this game um I, I didn't look it up prior to the show. Uh, none of these games, these first games here, really have gone up a whole hell of a lot. I believe that uh, I have this. I, I actually have all the NES ones box complete because, you know, me. But uh, I believe that you can pick up a loose copy of this between, what, 15 and $20, something like that, James? Uh, yeah, I think probably max. It is also, um, I think it's, I, think, I know they have one for Game Boy. I own one of those. And then yeah. it's probably on some sort of downloadable content. Yeah. I don't know i know that you can get it on uh, i think it's game boy advance the nes classics version that actually yeah. probably is worth i have that one as much or more than the uh than the original nes version um you can also i think this is an unlockable on the psp version of uh chronicles or whatever it is on the psp like you can unlock all kinds of different like symphony night is on there um mm-hmm. I believe uh, Rondo of Blood is on there, like a bunch of good stuff. Like that's one that's at the top of my list of I need to buy and I just keep forgetting until we actually talk about Castlevania. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get that. And then I immediately mm-hmm. forget again. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, this this one is definitely worth it, um, especially just the nostalgic nature of it. If you're like a horror fan at all of these old horror tropes, like I said, the Bela Lugosi style movies, you know, for me, when I was a kid, it was all about Monster Squad. I don't know if you, you watched that one, James, but... Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Thank God. I actually watched that quasi recently. Oh, that's nice. A- that's a good movie. Uh, they fight all the uh, all those all those villains. All, all the, the classic though. villains, yeah, and they're all done in the same way they were done here. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen Monster Squad, go out and get that. That movie's a shit. Um, yeah, it's got. That, I think they they need to do a remake of that. I mean, that movie itself was perfect, but yeah. just just to bring those monsters like back to the forefront. I was thinking about that the other day when I was watching. Uh, I think I was watching Cinemassacre, and he uh, James Rolfe reviews a lot of those old monster movies, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking like, God, you know, they need to, they need to revamp that whole industry. Get those guys like back to the forefront, right? Uh, who knows? But maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. When's the last time you saw you know the creature from the Black Lagoon or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. That's what they got to come back with. All these remakes going on. Bring some of those guys back. Yeah, no doubt. I'd watch a Blob movie. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, man, Monster Squad, Wolfman's got nards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene at the end where you know uh, the Virgin, you know, thing is like, well, it doesn't didn't count because it was with what's his name or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah, the chick's supposed to be reading the spell, and uh, uh, it only works if you're a virgin. And she reads the whole thing, and nothing happens. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, and then and then it rather creepily, like the the kid says. Uh, not to go off on a tangent, but he's like, is she a virgin? And points to like this little five-year-old girl and the guy yeah, like yeah, has yeah. to think about Sister. it for a second. And you're like, that's hopefully that's something you don't have to think yeah, about, brother. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyway, we're going way off target. Um, Castle well, Bay, oh, go ahead. To come, to come back, I just want to want to mention a little bit. Uh, maybe this is my own personal experience, but up until, I mean, for Nintendo, I had the happy-go-lucky Mario games, DuckTales, mm-hmm. you know, Rescue Rangers. So this yeah. was like the first, like, quote-unquote, like, scary game that I, I know, you know, right? played. And probably for most people. Um, it was certainly mine, yeah. I borrowed and this. And you see it now, and you're like, it's a kid's game. But back then, oh, man, this yeah. was creepy. This was kind of creepy back then. I, I distinctly remember the front cover, you know, with 
Dracula's face above the castle and stuff and the bats and everything. And yeah, it really did um, spook me as a kid a little bit. Like, you know, I remember looking at the label and like putting it in my machine and closing the lid. And like, I'm not looking at that, you know, of course it seems silly now, but I was a child. Now this came out in 86. That puts me at six. I believe that puts you at three. You know, it was my first, um, my first horror game that I ever played. And it can be argued that it's not a horror game. I, I would, I would go for that. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is. It, it's for the NES. This is about as spooky as it gets. I mean, this side of Shadowgate, uninvited, but that's a whole nother genre. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's just briefly talk a little bit about the second game. Neither you or I replayed it because it is rather involving and um, it's not one that we really wanted to get into just as, you know, time restraints and stuff. But uh, Simon's Quest. Can I get my stuff? I have a thing up for it. I just want to jog my memory, make sure I'm talking about the right thing. This one, so so uh, Castlevania 1 is extremely linear. Like, you have a, a certain path you have to crawl through throughout the levels. Uh, Simon's Quest tries to take tries to merge like an, an RPG feel uh, with the with Castlevania kind of like a link from uh, Zelda 2 oh, very much like Zelda 2 yeah yeah the dungeons the dungeon scenes not the uh, overhead whatever that was for link I mean it it added some things um, like Castlevania didn't have, and we didn't gain again until we got, what, Symphony of the Night, where yes. you um, you could go to towns and actually talk to people. Unfortunately, because of poor translation, a lot of times people just would straight up lie to you or say things that didn't really make sense. Um, but it also added the element of, yeah, you could save up money and buy things from townsfolk. You could get things from dungeons in the you know, and use these items to different effect. It, it did really poorly on explaining a lot of things, of course, very famously, the red, I believe it's the red crystal and the, the tornado that you get to the wall and you have to kneel. And there's some, like 10 seconds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And there's some book somewhere in the game that says like kneel before the mountain while holding the jewel to uh, find the way or something. But I mean, it's really obscure and you might not even find that book. Um, mm mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and then the blue one to like kneel, and you make the uh, the, you kneel in front of the lake, and then like the steer the stairs appear. It's like a lot of that stuff just isn't really well written. Even the very first crystal, the white crystal, where you go to Dracula's first castle, um, and there's like that invisible platform, and uh, it won't be there unless you're holding the white crystal. Like, it's not, I think there's someone that says it, but it's like one guy, and if you don't talk to that guy, you get to the castle, and you're like, well, how am I supposed to get up there? You know, you don't see anything, um, yeah. Just really weird. This is a Nintendo Power game. Like you have mm-hmm. to have Nintendo Power or some friends that have played through this. You that's, cannot do this yeah. thing alone. That's how I did it. It was it was all about like the schoolyard lore. Everyone seemed yeah. to know a little bit about this or that. They'd be like, "Oh no, you got to use uh, the the oak stake on um on the orbs you find at the end of the dungeons." Because when I first bought the oak stake, I distinctly remember like, "Oh cool, I got this new weapon," and I throw it because you can just use it and you throw it like a dagger, although it won't deal any damage to enemies i'm pretty sure it just flies through them and then it's off screen and you're out of 50 hearts you know because in this game hearts represent money and um yeah it was just like oh okay i guess i'll go get another one <laughs> you know like i don't know what mm-hmm. good that did and then the kids at school are like oh no you use that on the orbs and then you get the rib first and you can use the rib as like a shield to reflect things which is pretty nifty you're actually in this game you're you're playing again as simon belmont but you're trying to collect like all the the parts of dracula like dracula's eyeball and his rib and his blah and his blah and his blah and you're trying to uh, resurrect him like get all the parts together resurrect him so that you can kill him once and for all kind of thing it's a pretty cool plot um like like i said it adds a lot of things it's it's pretty involving game this this is i distinctly remember uh being i think it was uh how to win at nintendo games volume two by jeff roven that had uh, all the passwords in the back and i would just like skip to the end and have the flame whip and all the good stuff and beat it that way and uh i do remember as well nintendo power years ago put out a uh a thing they said there was three endings but they weren't sure what the third one was and i figured out how to do the third one as a kid and i've since forgotten and i wrote into them but evidently like a million other kids did as well and they didn't print my version but whatever um yeah there's like three endings i think it has to do with time i can't i really can't recall like if you get if you beat dracula before a certain time period because there are a there's a day and night cycle in this game that's that's important to mention too i totally forgot 
um, you'll be playing along, playing along, and all of a sudden it'll say, uh, what a horrible night to have a curse. And uh, you get like this really slow text box that is annoying as fuck up here when it says that. And then it, the screen goes darker. All the enemies take double damage. If you go into town, instead of townspeople being able to talk to and what have you, uh, you'll have monsters there and you have to wait until morning to be able to you know, talk to them again and yeah. to get the enemies that aren't so hard. But you do get double the amount of money off these enemies as well. So... And uh, the last thing I will mention is it annoyed me to know in that somehow Simon Belmont didn't know how to swim because you could be in town and just think you're safe and you jump in some water and you're dead. The guy could jump from the top of the town all the way to the bottom, hit pavement, not take a single point of damage. But if he gets in that water, you're done. So. You're done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's, I mean, like I said, if we had played it, we may go on a little bit more about this game. Um, neither you or I really took the time to play it. This is all from memory from both of us. Um, is it yeah. worth owning? You know what? A lot of people like to shit on this game. Very famously, like James Rolfe, we were talking about him earlier. His very first video was about Simon's Quest. The very first angry video game, the nerd, you know, thing that he did was about this game and he revisited it later and did it again and he still maintained that he thought it was shit. I actually am kind of a apologist for this game a little bit. It's kind of like Link, like you brought up, Jane. Um, mm -hmm. You either apologize for it, you know, maybe, maybe you don't think it's good, but it's, it, well, good, but not great. Like, I don't think this is a great game, but it's definitely not the pile of shit that everyone wants to make it out to be. It's still a very good game. And you got to remember, guys, if it wasn't for Simon's Quest, we'd have never got Symphony of Night. We'd have never got Aria Sorrow or, you know, Order of Lasia or any of these true, great true, games. True, 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 This is where it all came from. You know, if this game had never existed, if they were just like, well, the first one was a big seller. Let's just make mm -hmm. the second one exist exactly the same but they didn't you know they went a little off kilt and uh you know it it's not a great game it's it's definitely going to be hard for you to go back to but i believe of the the three nes titles i believe this is the cheapest i think you can get this for at most like 15 bucks i may be wrong on that guys again i didn't look these up i'm i am kind of going from memory a lot of games have gone up in the last year i i have a tendency not to like look up games that have been in my collection for 20 years so i don't know how much it's really gone up but i do i have seen these at conventions relatively recently for 15 dollars. so 10 15 bucks is probably what you're going to pay for a loose copy i would imagine you know if you want a box complete like i've got you're probably going to pay a little more maybe 30 40 dollars i'm not sure but I, I i do think it's worth it especially if you're a castlevania fan what do you think james yeah i'd say it's worth it i mean all all the bad memories i have of this game were just due to the poor um communication yeah. to the gamer mm -hmm. um if you had a walk if i had a walkthrough or a nintendo power that kind of spelled out what i was supposed to do i it, it would it would be much more enjoyable right. so i'd say if you're gonna buy the game go for it it is worth it but just have you know buy it along with a strategy guide or just have a uh, game packs up or something game pack or yeah something up just to mm -hmm. yeah avoid all that yeah, headache and heartache that's the beauty of the uh, the modern era, too. Like, I remember the first time that I ever used, uh, instead of an online fact, I just watched a video of the original God of War. I couldn't get past some underwater section, and I was, like, trying to read on game facts of how to do it, but it really wasn't, like, doing it for me. Like, I don't I don't understand. And then I watched a video. I was like, they make videos that show this stuff? You know, and I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. Oh, and I knew exactly what to do from that point. We live in an era where information is literally at our fingerprint, print, uh, finger fingertips and everyone is carrying a supercomputer around in their pocket so you know you go back to play this now and like you don't understand something just look it up it'll take you a minute on your phone but yeah i think, mm -hmm. I think it's worth it uh good game not great now this third yeah. one um they went back to their roots for the they, third one they sure did castlevania 3 dracula's curse now let's see Drac or uh the second one came out in 1987 the third one came out yeah sorry guys it looks like uh 1989 in Japan, 1990 here. So relatively late on the uh, the NES. Of course, it famously the last games for the NES uh, came out in 1994. Um, so this, you know, this was pretty late in the system's life. Now, interesting on this game is it was one of the hardest to emulate for a long time because it actually has an additional chip within the game, much like a Mario RPG um, later on the Super Nintendo, where they wanted to be able to put more into the game, specifically sound. Uh, and the sound on this game for an NES game is in-fucking-credible. And the sound that we got here still isn't as good as the sound on the one in Japan. If you want to hear like the soundtrack, for the, the true soundtrack for this game, Japan's soundtrack has a whole extra sound channel added to it and it is gorgeous i will add some of that in now the music for all these games is great and i'll be peppering it in throughout wherever i think is best you know how i do guys but um 
the music for this one in particular, I mean, granted, the Super Nintendo version, better, and of course, Rondo of Blood is amazing, Symphony of the Night's amazing, but for a Nintendo game, this will blow your mind. It's just insane how good the music is. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit how this game is different than the original Castlevania, James? Um, from the original, part one, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you look at it, if you like walked into a room, got a quick screenshot of it, you probably wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference. Um, where the biggest difference comes in is it's not totally linear. Uh, there are certain points after you beat a level where you're able to choose a pathway and choosing a different pathway can enable you to actually acquire an additional character. And one of the characters, my favorite person of all time, because he's in Symphony of the Night, is where we first meet Alucard. Yeah. Uh, Dracula's son. If you guys don't know this, probably everyone knows this, but Alucard is actually Dracula spelled backwards. Which, I don't know if anyone... Which took me way too long to figure me out. Me too. I think me I was too. probably 20 years old and I was like, holy shit, that's Dracula spelled backwards. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, he's he's easily the most memorable of the three. He is, depending on which path you take, I, like you can take a path to where you'll pass the other two entirely, and you'll get to Dracula's castle faster, and you'll be able to get Alucard first. And he's really great. But he's he's almost easy mode, especially um, on on Dracula's castle itself. There's a lot of areas that you just want to bypass. And why I say he's easy mode is because he has the ability to fly. You can press a, the start or the select button. I'm not sure which one it is now. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and it'll turn into a vampire bat. Mm-hmm. And then you fly. Now, while you're in this form, it will deplete your hearts, but not too bad. If you know exactly where you're going, it won't take too many to get there. And you can skip a lot of areas with this. And he also has, uh, of, of the three characters that you can have join you, he's the only one that um, will level up his weapon along, like, Trevor Belmont. This is actually, in, in the game lore, this actually predates Simon by, what, two or three hundred years, something like that. It's actually a dis- yeah. ancestor of Simon Belmont, Trevor. And, Trevor. Um, yeah, um, he, he can shoot one fireball, and then when you upgrade, it'll be two, and then three. And it kind of shoots out in a, uh, like, a V pattern or a w pattern where one's in the center and then one goes diagonally up and one goes diagonally down um Mm -hmm. although that sounds really cool it doesn't go all that far and it's not that powerful it's actually the weakest uh, attack in the game um but that coupled with his flying ability makes alucard easily the best character of the three in my opinion um some would argue that the character god what was and for the longest time grant well well grant or or silphy or so i think yeah something like that cypher Uh, some some argue that Sypha is the best. Um, Sypha is a wizard that you can save after, if you go this one path, you can uh, defeat like a Cyclops with a hammer or something, right? I, I can't remember. I think it's like some kind of big guy with a hammer. And um, once you defeat him, the, a statue that was previously in the background that you just thought was part of the, you know, scenery uh, comes to life. And Sypha comes forward and says he was frozen by whoever and... Um, offers to join you. Now, for the longest time, I thought Sypha was a chick. I, was, I thought it was a chick. It's a dude? Oh. Pretty sure it's a dude, yeah. Ooh, and wow. he's, uh, he's a vampire hunter, and his uh, special ability is he knows magic. And that's like, oh, that's cool. Um, except, yeah, not really. He's He moves a lot faster than Trevor does, which is kind of neat. Um, but his natural attack is just like a staff attack that doesn't go very far out from his body. Um, think Lagoon, or what's another good example where your attack is like really short? <coughs> I don't know. But anyway, your, your attack doesn't go very far, making it difficult in a game like this. You know, you, you want that distance attack. What makes up for that is, yeah, is, like I said, magic, which in place of like your normal items, which all return in this game, the sub weapons from the original game are all all right back. Um, so you got with Trevor, your boomerang, your axe, your holy water, your knife, your uh, timepiece. Um, he, I don't believe, can use any of those, right? In, in its place, he has like a lightning spell, a fire mm-hmm. spell, and an ice spell. And the ice spell, I want to say, freezes all enemies on screen. The lightning spell, like, attacks in all directions. And the fire spell is probably, it's, like, really powerful, but it's probably the weakest in that it's, it goes out about the length of a whip, like Trevor's whip does, fully maxed out, but it deals a massive amount of damage. Um, these do consume hearts, but they're so much better than the sub-weapons that any of the other characters get that a lot of, uh, like, big players of the game really like Sypha. Um now, the, the last character that you already mentioned is Grant Dynasty. Actually, I, I believe it's pronounced Dynasty or Dynasty or something, but it's spelt mm-hmm. Dynasty, and that always made me, like, giggle as a kid, like, Dynasty or whatever. And he's a former pirate slash acrobat. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to crawl on walls as long as you're holding the uh, the jump button. Like, he'll stick to a wall. 
Yes, he sticks to walls. I think he has a knife for an attack, if I remember correctly. Yes, he does. Not much to uh, you know, write oh. home about with this guy. This but podcast yeah, this... is brought to you by Good Ass Beer. Have a good ass <laughs> time. No. Beautiful. <laughs> no, literally, that's what I'm drinking right now. Um, local brew. But uh, yeah, he, he he can attack with just like a normal knife. But unlike um, Sypha, where it's like a really close to body attack, he actually like thrusts his arm out there a pretty good ways. And mm-hmm. as such, he has kind of not as ranged as Trevor's, but a still pretty decently ranged attack. Um, also notable is uh, he's unable to use all the sub weapons that Trevor can use because while he was a pirate, they didn't have apparently crosses or timepieces on the boat um, or holy water. So he, he can use sub weapons, but only the axe or the dagger. So mm, he has, right. but he is my favorite character. He has, I believe the highest jump in the game, or at least he appears as though he has the highest jump. And there are like certain areas that you can cheese using him. Uh, the, the biggest one that comes to mind is the Medusa fight, because if you bypass Sypha and you just keep Grant, which in my opinion you should, when you get to the Medusa fight, you can actually crawl along the ceiling and just throw daggers down at him and he'll have no mm-hmm. attack that can reach you. And that's a, that's just a really neat, you know, like a uh, pro tip for you if you go back to play this game. Now, this one, um, as I said, was difficult to emulate, and there are a lot of uh, systems that still will not play this, like a lot of the FC Twins and a lot of these uh, retro system upgrades or whatever you want to call them uh won't won't play it like i've got a retro duo that will not play uh castlevania 3 um it will play of course on original hardware but a lot of people aren't playing these games on original hardware anymore so yeah so keep that in mind if you buy it if if you're rolling with original stuff um yeah go ahead and get it uh if if you're running with like an fc twin or something you might look into whether or not the version that you own will be able to play this game um Having said that, it, it is, I think of the three, it's by far worth the most. I think it goes for 40 to $50 last I checked. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I may be wrong on that, guys. Again, like, in, unless it's worth a million dollars, like, I'm not, or not a million, but you know what I mean, it's several hundred dollars. I'm not, like, keeping up with it on a monthly basis even. Um, these games that are in the 20 to $40 range, I don't keep up as much. Um, I guess I could look it up for you right now, but I'm lazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless, if it's worth $50, I feel this game is worth it. If it was worth $60, $60, that's where I start, you know, then maybe 70 no. But this is a great game. If you like Castlevania, this is, in my opinion, of, of the ones on the original Nintendo, and, and possibly of the ones we're going to be reviewing today, this is my pick. This is my favorite Castlevania of, of this genre. It's, and that's kind of tough to say. So I would definitely say it's worth it. I believe, James, you're in the same boat. Oh, 100%. 100%. This is my favorite of the ones we're reviewing. Um, I mean, one got the ball started. Uh, you know, two had a lot of parts that, you know, would open the doors for other amazing Castlevanias. But no, this one is a complete game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. And the stuff they did with this game, like, there are, there are areas that you go to where, like, you're completely enclosed in, in these, like, blocks. And then you have acid dripping from the ceiling. The animation for the acid looks tremendous for an 8-bit game and then it hits the blocks and it melts away and the animation for that is amazing you have to like wait for the acid to burn through so that you can jump on these like blocks that you can now get to but you have to do so once you are able to get up there you have to like dodge the acid all the while also doing it quick enough to where the acid doesn't burn away the rest of the platform so you can get across just like really forward thinking for the Nintendo and just really impressive graphics and sound Mm -hmm. definitely like this is Top 20 easy, possibly, excuse me, top 10 um, Nintendo games to own. Like, I really feel like if you have 20 games that you're just like, okay, I'm going to get a Nintendo and I'm going to play or get like the 20 best games for it, this should be on that list. Uh, I don't know that it really appears anywhere else. I I can't remember whether or not it's one of the unlockables on the PSP version. I would if I owned it. But again, I didn't buy it because I'm an idiot. Um, Let me ask you this. Do we know, can you remember, is this going to come out for the NES Classic? What's coming? out next month god you know, part of- i know i know one one or two of them is right or is it all three I, god damn i don't remember I, I think i think maybe this one might be on there i think part two's on there for sure oh yeah um if it's on there i'm, I'm gonna buy that thing no matter what but, yeah uh, yeah for sure i mean that just that just adds to you know why you should get it because yeah this game's on there yeah, I know at least one of the Castlevanias on there. I want to say that it was two, but, you know, all three of them could be on there. I can't remember, mm-hmm. man. I can't remember. But great, great fucking game. Whatever way that you can get your hands on this, 
you know, go ahead and play it. You'll you'll love this game. This is a great, great game. Um, definitely worth it for that price if you're a collector. Um, now we're going on to a, a little more pricey. Uh, you know, didn't used mm-hmm. to be a couple years ago. Um, and a lot of people say this is the best in the series. And that game, of course, is Super Castlevania 4. Of course, they had to add the fucking Super because it was in the era where everything was super blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. anyway... Um, Super Castlevania 4, great friggin' game. Last of the games we should mention that had a password system. Um, they, they did away with that after this, uh, and it became a save system, I believe. Although, you know what? One more may have. I can't remember. One or two more may have. I, I forgot about those. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's classic Castlevania. Uh, it, it plays a lot like the first one. Un- unfortunately, they didn't add additional characters in this version, which is kind of... It was supposed to be like a remake of number one, right? Exactly. Is that kind of... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it's pretty true to form. You play again as Simon Belmont, and it plays a lot like the original Castlevania. Now, there are some major, major differences. What's your biggest and favorite difference of this version? Oh, my biggest and favorite difference is you can whip in all directions. Mm There it is. For sure. Something that just you wanted from the get-go on this. You know, Contra plays a lot like Castlevania, except that in Contra, you can shoot in all the eight cardinal directions. Um... Castlevania never had that before. This game, they said, you know what? It does make sense that you could whip diagonally. It does make sense that you could fucking whip down. So they gave you that. They also gave you the ability of limp wrist in it, which can be used in a number of ways. Like, you can use it to shield yourself, which, whatever, it's neat. Um, basically, what you do is you whip, and then if you continue to hold the button, Simon kind of goes limp wristed, and the whip will fall to the ground, and then you can use your D-pad to kind of flip it around, and he'll whip his wrist in different directions, and you can actually, like, spin in your wheel yeah like yeah and then where it's really the most useful is you can uh jump and whip when you're running along a stage and whip before you get to a candle and then um go he'll go limp wristed mid whip and then you can kind of whip it around to hit that candle 100 percent. because one of the most annoying things about playing the original castlevanias is you'll jump to whip a candle and you'll just be a pixel or two off and you won't hit it you know and you'll be like mm-hmm. what the fuck you know or you'll whip over it and then it'll show your whip animation going through the candle but it won't actually hit the candle well they did away with that with this ability you can kind of do your whip flip thing and uh get candles a lot more easily and stuff so uh it took out a lot of the frustration in that aspect another thing they did here is they gave you the ability to indiana jones shit so there will be points in the game where you'll see uh i believe it's just the one icon of a bat holding a ring right and Mm -hmm. if you whip this thing your whip will stick to it and then you can swing now there are areas where this has to be done to get across a chasm or to get up to a higher level and there's very famously an area where you uh, whip the the ring and then the entirety of the uh, the room spins around you which was really cool and uh, it would change the layout of the room then you drop down and then the room would shake you know I think they sent a bunch of Medusas at you and you kill them all and the room would shake indicating oh I need to jump back and be hanging there again and you'd whip again and then the room would change again and then there's the very famous famous room that actually like rotoscopes around you it looks like you're in a mm-hmm. tumbler you know that that was really impressive at the time really jaw-dropping to me as a kid i was like holy crap this this is this is the powerhouse this is the system this is the future you know when i got to that level i couldn't believe how awesome it looked and other than that it you know it also added um uh, the ability to crawl in in essence like Simon can duck but while you're ducked they were like you know what would make sense is if he could kind of walk along the bottom yeah uh, you know duck walk duck walk yeah exactly and you can get Simon to do that to uh, you know there's some areas that it's 100% necessary especially later in the game there are some like block falling areas that are like tough to get through if you didn't have that duck walk um, and there are some areas you just plain can't get through if you didn't have it so it is used in the game other than that it's basically your standard Castlevania platformer. You know, you again, you have all mm-hmm. the same weapons come back. I don't believe they add any additional weapons to this one. I think it's just the same five or six that we talked about before, and they all act in the exact same way that they did before. And you do get, much like also in three, I should have mentioned, you can get the, the blocks that will enable you to throw additional sub-weapons out as well. Now, um, this one, as I said, does feature a password system, and it 
is one that I cheesed a lot as a kid. I had the, you know, password to get to Dracula and I would beat it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with the uh, the hidden, you remember the, it, it was pretty like well known on the playground when I was a kid. That when you got to, right before you got to Dracula, um, you could walk straight to his throne room or there was invisible stairs that you could walk down. Yeah, you jump down, you get like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you like all this that. meat just falls from the sky and shit and you're like, yeah. Which is another trope about Castlevania that always makes me laugh when I think about it. It's like, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to take an axe to the drywall in the house here, find a chicken and just eat it and I'm going to feel a little better. Um, yeah, it doesn't work that way, kids. Uh, you find something growing in, in, in your walls. Don't eat it. You're not, you're not going to, you know, cure mm-hmm. your uh, childhood ailments or whatever. It's it's just going to make it worse. I've tried. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, guys. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's bad. Those mushrooms or whatever in there are just, mm-hmm. they're not healthy. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's a great game. Tremendous music on this one. Now, this one, it was one of the earliest Nintendo, Super Nintendo games, right, James? I, I think this actually came out out shortly after launch uh, yeah or with launch even uh first year easy i don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. i played it i played uh, early in its life let me let me see specifically i've got it pulled up guys uh yeah 91 so this oh, actually yeah, yeah it's a launch title yeah, right it must have been it must have been a launch title um wow it i would put this up against graphically almost there's there's a dozen games that are equal or better to it but it just looks incredible sounds incredible this is a must own guy absolutely mm-hmm. must own unfortunately unfortunately everyone seems to agree with me this game is not at all rare it's it's not uh everyone bought this game when it came out but everyone that collects super nintendo and that's a lot of fucking people they have to own this game this is a must own and as such it's driven the price up in the last few years and loose copies of this can reach like $60 now, right? Um, James, you recently purchased this. How much did you get it for? Oh, God, 40 bucks loose. Nice. I mean, it was, I wanted it, and then the guy had it, and I, I played it a lot as a kid. I played at my friend's house, and yeah. something I've always wanted to get back to, and I've been looking and finally found it, and it was it was clean. Oh, nice. So I was like, let me just go for it. I need to play this game, and I did, and here I am. Totally, totally worth it to you at that $40 price point? <laughs> Totally worth it. Brought back so many memories. And it's just a good game. Yeah, I mean, I can't... Are there any other Castlevanias where you can whip in all directions? I mean, this is... There, this, there this is, is. There is. There is. There are, there are more. Okay. There, this there is the first. They did it perfectly. I mean, yeah. I guess I'm so used to playing the original three that this one just is so different. It's so nice. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It really does take things to the next level. Um, would you have paid 60 for it? Oh, 60, probably not. Oh, really? Uh, okay. maybe, maybe for nostalgia purposes, I would. If I was like a, a common gamer or, you know, collector. Yeah. Mm, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. I, so complete, I definitely would have. Oh, Loose. yeah. Complete, these I mean, things go for well over $100. Yeah. Like, I don't even, yeah. I didn't look it up. I don't have a complete. I've got a beat the shit copy that I've had forever that I've like, there have been numerous times over the years where I've found a better looking clean copy for like 10 or 15 bucks. And I think I should, I should just buy this and replace mine and I'll be like, no, nah, mine works, and I put it back, and I kind of regret doing so now, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I cleaned it up, you know? I, I dabble in art, and uh, I'm able to, like, I use paints to reproduce whatever tears are in the label and stuff, and I did that a little bit, and it looks pretty good, but um, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's I, to me, it's worth $60. Like, it, yeah. this is this okay. is, this is is one I think you should own. Like, if you can if you can get a copy for 40 like James did, just just snatch it up. 100% worth $40. Bucks. Um <laughs> Anyway, the the next game, the last game that we're going to talk about, and I know you guys probably want me to talk, and before we get to, to the last one, Bloodlines, I will mention, yes, there is a very rare version uh, of Castlevania for the Super Nintendo that we're not going to get to called Dracula X. I have played it. Uh, it's a kind of, again, this is kind of a sore point for me because I did at one point, uh, long before uh, collecting was a thing, but I was a collector, if that makes sense, because I've been collecting video games since I was 14, and... And when I was about 17 years old or so, uh, a game store owner tried to get me to buy a complete copy of Dracula X and Hagane for, I believe he wanted $20 for the both of it. He was just trying to like push stuff on me because he knew like I would buy like weird stuff. And I remember playing Dracula X and going, nah, this, this isn't for me. It was just way too hard, right? It played like a mm-hmm. standard Castlevania. Um, Except that uh, your items that you would get, you could also do something called item crush, where you would... uh 
press an, an additional button or something and it would deal a much more massive effect. I remember the cross, like if you had the cross and you item crushed it, like just a billion crosses would show up on the screen. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a huge attack or whatever like that. And Or the dagger, you would throw like a thousand daggers, you know, instead of just the one. Um, which was pretty nifty, but it was just like way too difficult, like way too. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to play through this game. And I thought the same thing of Hagane, and I, I passed up on the deal. Of course, Hagane is worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and so is Dracula X. So kind of regret that, but... That's a, yeah, it's that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the game, uh, Dracula X, that was the prequel to uh, Symphony of the Night, wasn't it? Yeah, right. When, so you, that's where... when you start Symphony of the Night and you see that opening scene, it's actually the ending of mm-hmm. um, Dracula X. So you see Richter there and you get the whole speech about uh, what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets, you know, and the bad acting and all that. How about you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's an unlockable in that game. If you beat the game, you can replay it as yeah. Richter, which is really cool um but we're talking about not that we're talking about bloodlines which was a standalone game for the sega genesis that came out in 1994 believe it or not so really really late on the genesis you know um you're talking three years after uh, Super Castlevania, and you would think three years later it should look a lot better. It it doesn't. It looks uh, it looks really really fucking good, um, but not as good as it should. Another common complaint about this game is that of all the older quote unquote uh, Castlevanias, it. <clears throat> It doesn't have very good music. Its music is described as being too metallic or farty is a word I hear a lot. And I, I will grant you it's not the best, but I will also say to anyone that's complaining about this, um, like recently uh, the Retrovaniacs, they did a show on all the Castlevanias, and that was one of their complaints was that the music was so bad they almost had to turn it off. It's not. Here's your problem. You played it on an emulator, and there is just not an emulator that emulates the sound chip of a Genesis. Even the mini Genesis that they now i have one um it plays the games fine but the the sound doesn't sound right no one has been able to reproduce the sound chip of the original genesis so get yourself a model one genesis and pop a game in pop your copy of bloodlines and it's going to sound two to three times better in my opinion than any version that you're going to play on your computer emulated um so if, if that's your complaint just remember this is genesis is one of those things you just can't quite get it right sound wise so <coughs> excuse me um yeah and and the the neat thing about this game is it, it, it does the same thing that uh that castlevania 3 did is that there's two different characters but unlike that mm-hmm. you get to choose which one of them you want to play at the beginning of the game so um you have the choice between oh gosh i can't even remember their names now one is uh is he's related to one of the characters from the actual book uh morris Tom Morris or something like that? God, I guess I could look that up, but uh, anyway. It's been too long for me. Okay, um, but he um, he is your classic Simon Belmont-type character. He has he a has whip. He has whip, yeah. Right. Um, an inter- interesting note is this game takes place more modern era, and he's from uh, Texas, <laughs> so funny, but... um. Yeah, he uses the whip, and his uh, his one thing that he can do, uh, he can indeed whip in all directions. So this is another mm-hmm. game that does that. And he, That's right. he has the ability to whip onto certain platforms, and uh, Indiana Jones it again. He can, you know, swing across using the whip, which is kind of cool. And you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, if I'm playing a Castlevania, I want to play the whip guy, you know? Like, I watched uh, James and Mike Monday's uh, review of this game to kind of, like, help see, you know, what I was forgetting or whatever. Maybe they remembered something or did something that i didn't and they were talking about yeah the same thing they're like oh well we gotta play as the whip guy and then later on in the review they're like oh there's a platform that you can't even get to what is that doing up there that's stupid well the reason is if you play as the the castlevania type character the whip guy we'll call him um you can't get to some of these high ledges but you can swing across certain areas so he can go a different path to get to the same bosses and the same things but you might find different items different enemies you going that way and then the other character whose name is Eric. Eric Lombardi. He's a friend of the family of the Belmonts, and he uses a spear. And to me, this guy, 100% better than the whip guy. Like, if you're going to play this game, play as Eric Lombardi. He is awesome. He uses, like, this giant halberd, right? And it it has about the same length that... Um, 
the whip has in fact i think it might have a little more these again are upgradable um and the, the the two things that he can do that are over the whip is he can one you can attack continuously hold the button and then like whip the d-pad in the opposite direction and he'll flip around with like this spin move he'll spin it real fast his halberd and then attack in the opposite direction and you can do this endlessly just hold down that button and just attack forward attack back attack forward attack back so really neat um you can also attack behind you using the whip guy in the classic sense that if you're doing the wind up on the whip when you whip backwards with it before you whip forwards if an enemy hits that they will take damage but it's not something you can really rely on unless you're insanely good at the game um, but eric also has this ability kind of like a luigi in uh super mario brothers 2 where you can duck and he'll start to charge and flash and when he does that you you uh hold the uh jump button as well when you let go of the jump button he'll kind of like pivot off of his uh his halberd and go like straight up backwards with his head like facing the ground and his legs will go straight up in the air and he can jump like three times as high as he normally would be able to so he can get to areas uh, uh, vertically that the other character the whip guy cannot and vice versa so that kind of changes it up really cool he was my favorite character when i played this back when i was a kiddo yeah it's awesome awesome guy the other thing that they do that's kind of like item crush is you can um because genesis has in the very least three attack buttons as opposed to two on the nintendo uh one of them is solely designated for like your special weapon instead of having to press up and that button to throw like a dagger like you would on a you know classic nes title um you just press that button and you'll throw your dagger or axe or whatever it is right there's also a boomerang Mm -hmm. in lieu of the cross but if you do press up and hit that button at the same time you'll throw a much larger version of the same thing so or a much better version so instead of like just a small axe like you would normally get you'll get this giant meat cleaver looking son of a bitch flying up and it does a lot more damage and stays in the air longer and each weapon throughout the game the boomerang the holy water they all do some heightened effect if you do this now it will cost you i believe three times the amount of hearts or near enough to so use it sparingly but uh this game's pretty cool it only has six levels as opposed to like the original castlevania had like 18 or something like that not nearly as many uh boss fights as like your standard castlevanias um but the boss fights are really memorable and the areas you go to are really cool unlike your standard castlevania this one um you you don't just like spend a lot of time in dracula's castle you actually travel to all these different locations in europe you go to greece um you uh fight skeletons that are from the the second world war uh still wearing uh their nazi helmets you know and all this kind of stuff really cool uh different take on the series a lot of people uh do think of this game as kind of being the the black sheep of the 16-bit era um i i really feel like it's a great game um but if if you'd asked me five years ago if it was worth it i'd been like absolutely go buy this game it's 15 20 bucks last i looked this game is fast approaching 70 dollars for a fucking loose copy (laughs) i tried to buy it and i wanted to buy it so bad for this review but i was like i'm not gonna pay that kind of money for this you know no 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 and unfortunately it's not available anywhere else it's to my knowledge it's never been re-released it's not on anything it's just it's just the uh the genesis that's the only place you can find it um Mm-hmm. unfortunate like the only way you're going to be able to play this uh is through an emulator and it's going to sound like shit you know yeah uh that kills me that just breaks my heart because you're really not playing the version you should be playing you know um yeah. it'll look fine it'll play fine but it's going to sound metallic and farty and you're going to say it's a bad game when it's really not another thing that's really cool about this game is just the amount of gore that you get in the game is uh just this side of Splatterhouse. like you kill a zombie and it cuts his body in half and you see entrails fly out and blood and stuff and you're like what the hell did i just what you know it doesn't it doesn't hold back like some of the other castlevanians had to because of the genesis was like yeah do whatever you want you know this side of showing uh you know flashing a dick you can do anything on the genesis <laughs> uh, and and they took full advantage of that and you get a lot of the gore that should have been there all along it doesn't feel at all campy like the the original one does or some of the other uh versions of castlevania do it's definitely wow uh to me if you're a genesis collector if like if all you collect for is genesis shell out that money this game isn't going down in price anytime soon genesis keeps going up up and up in prices especially the games that are like really sought after and this is one of them um again i i did i'm sorry that you didn't 
collect for Genesis five years ago, because if you had, you could have got this game for a song. Um, this time next year, I wouldn't be surprised if it's over $100 five years from now. If it was 200 it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it is a great game, and because of its inability to be emulated well, you're just you're going to have to shell out that money for it better now than later. But if you're not a Genesis collector, maybe... Uh, Maybe play it in emulation and just listen to your favorite podcast or your second favorite podcast, whichever one. Um, listen to us. Just listen to us. Whichever, yeah, <laughs> even if you're, you're our least favorite or we're your least favorite, listen to us while playing it. Um, it's a great game. Uh, yeah, it just really breaks my heart that it's never been re-released or redone in any way. Uh, yeah, anyway, those are, the, those are the Castlevania games that we were going to talk about. I think that's about all we have to discuss. Is there anything else, James? Am I missing something? Yeah, I think we nailed it. This was a good episode. Um, five yeah. Castlevanias, just a little over an hour. Oh, um, not bad at all, though. I think we touched on all the points. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys want to go out and play some of these now. That's what this is all about. Yeah, if, if you're listening motivated, to this and, excited. and you never played a Castlevania, like you're doing yourself a disservice. They are amongst the best platformers slash horror games ever. If, if you're more of an RPG fan, and you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't played any of the... RP more RPG elemented, you know the one not not Simon's Quest so much, but like if you haven't played Symphony of the Night or Aria of Sara or Circle of the Moon or Order of Ecclesia or Portrait of Ruin or any of you know like those games, like all the uh, Game Boy Advance and the one uh, PlayStation game there. If you haven't played those, do yourself a fucking favor and play those games. Those games are amazing. The reason why James and I didn't put any of those games on this list is because one of those games like would take an hour and a half to really discuss like we could do an episode over any one of those and and get an hour out of it Mm -hmm. that's why we didn't put them and that's also why we didn't go in depth on simon's quest because it really is a game that if you really really want to go in depth on it you would have to take a little more time and and we felt like we didn't have that time anyway if you want to get a hold of us um you know all the usual tropes uh that we shout out but really all you have to do is go to retro game core and that's c-o-r-p S, right? Retro Game Core. Yep. And he and I are both there. All our contact information is there. Uh, you can also find me at Twitter at RetroKel. You can find James at James Mulholland. We're on Facebook at... Um uh, is it worth it podcast we're, we're readily available if you want to write in and ask us any given questions make a suggestion for the show make general fun of us whatever it is you're wanting to do we're available please. any contact we love contact yeah please talk to us we're super lonely not really but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah guys thanks for listening and keep it retro see you next time adios everyone
<laughs> I want to suck your blood. I want to taste your blood. <laughs> Yeah. 